Grace be to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God upon which we base our, our meditation, our message this morning, is on the Old Testament reading for this Sunday, recorded in Genesis chapter 18. You uh, heard that read before. I recall just these words. The Lord also said, Sodom and Gomorrah have many complaints against them, and their sin is very serious. I must go down and see whether these complaints are true. If not, I will know. Abraham came closer and asked, Are you really going to sweep away the innocent with the guilty? What if there are 50 innocent people in the city? Are you really going to sweep them away? That would be unthinkable. Won't the judge of the whole earth do what is fair? In the name of our dear Lord Jesus Christ, who hears all of your prayers and answers them all, my beloved. So, how's your prayer life? I mean, uh, before climbing out of bed in the morning, do you say a prayer to the Lord Jesus, thanking him for having kept you safe during the night and now asking him to bless your day? And then uh, when you get out of bed, do you say a prayer before and after breakfast? And then offer a little prayer during your morning break? And then offer a prayer before and after lunch? And then offer a little prayer during your afternoon break? And then offer a prayer before and after supper? And then offer a prayer before you fall asleep at night, thanking God for the blessings of the day and asking him to take care of you as you sleep. All of the above, some of the above, none of the above. So that we might listen to God's direction uh, for improvement in our prayer life. We take a look uh, at a prayer this morning, a prayer prayed by a special man, a special prayer for a special occasion. And he prayed, and God answered his prayer. The prayer before us was offered by Abraham. Sometimes we, sometimes we call him one of the patriarchs. A patriarch is one of the great-grandparents of the Lord Jesus. Abraham was a very special person because after the universal flood had gone down and the world had repopulated itself, God came to Abraham as the one and only person that he chose to be the great-grandpa of Jesus and promised him that through that descendant, Jesus, all the nations of the earth would be blessed. Well, God gave that promise to Abraham when he was 75 years old. He was a wealthy man looking forward to retirement. His wife was 65 years old. God said, I don't care. you got to move. Take all your flocks and herds, and you're going to go on foot a thousand miles to a place I will show you. No GPS for Abraham. 
God, the Holy Spirit, was his only GPS. And so he traveled a thousand miles. Anyway, Abraham did find, Abraham had no children. His wife, they were childless. And they were beyond the, the age of childbearing, Sarah was, at age 65. Well, God knew that in 25 years, Abraham was going to have a son miraculously. And during those 25 years, God repeated that promise that from Abraham, all the nations of the earth would be blessed. The fifth time that God came to uh, Abraham, he told Abraham, I'm going to ask you to do a very unusual thing. You're going to have to circumcise all the men, all the baby boys in your family. That's going to be a mark that you're a member of my family. What? But Abraham obeyed. Then, um, when it was a year away from the birth of Abraham's first son, which would be a miracle, God, Jesus in human form, and two angels visited Abraham's camp. And they said, Abraham, now, a year from now, you're going to have a baby boy. Sarah was so disbelieving, she laughed. Abraham believed. And sure enough, in a year, that baby boy, Isaac, was born miraculously, biologically, but miraculously, by two parents that shouldn't have had any kids anymore. Well, it was after all of this conversation that God spoke to Abraham and said, I have to go down to this town near you, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, and see if the sin down there is as bad as I think it is. And uh, if it is, I'm going to destroy the whole city. Well, Abraham recognized that his nephew Lot and Lot's wife and the two daughters lived down there. And he didn't want his, his nephew and the family destroyed. That's when he talked to God. That's when he prayed to God. You might say, it's in the Bible here, Abraham came closer and asked him. Abraham was willing to have a nose-to-nose -nose conversation with God. And he said, uh, God, you can't destroy Sodom and Gomorrah because there are some believers down there. You wouldn't destroy the believers with the unbelievers, would you? That's not being fair at all. You never did that. As we take a look at Abraham's prayer, uh, it gives us some direction for our prayer life. Abraham got close and personal to God. It was a personal conversation with God. Only believers, only believers in the triune God can truly pray. People who are Buddhist can't pray. People who talk to Allah can't pray. People who bow down to stone and wood and golden statues can't pray because the definition of prayer is talking to God. If you talk to a God who is not there, you might as well talk to the wall. That's not praying at all. It's just saying some words or mantras. It goes nowhere. And you know what that means? That means that only you, as a Christian believer in Jesus Christ and the triune God, have been given the privilege of praying to a God, the only God who is there, the only God who can hear, the only God who can answer. You ever think about that? God gives us the ability to pray because he gives us our faith in Jesus Christ. Otherwise, you wouldn't want to pray. 
He gives us, your, gives us our eyes, our mouths to speak the words, our eyes to close when we pray, our knees uh, to use to bend down and, and pray to God in prayer, our hands to fold. And yet even though our God enables us by faith and our physical abilities to pray to him, he loves our prayer. It's a privilege, a privilege he gave to Abraham, a privilege he gives to you. Praise God, just tell him how good he is. Ask him for things, thank him for things, and just talk to him. Abraham, kind of interesting, you take a look at his prayer, it wasn't a selfish prayer, it was a selfless prayer. Because as Abraham was asking God, don't destroy the city, don't destroy the city, and thinking that Lot was down there, he was also praying for the unbelievers. That the whole city be spared. You know, sometimes our prayers, as we just pray them by ourselves, can become kind of selfish. You ever think about your prayers? Help me get through this, Lord. Lord, watch over my family. Lord, watch over my church. Lord, keep me safe. Lord, bring me through this surgery. You know, that's why we always have the prayer of the church most of the time here in church, because it's a very selfless prayer. It directs us outward to pray for all sorts of people, People in Africa and Asia and Indonesia who haven't heard the message of Jesus Christ. People in Copps Park, people who are hurting, people who are aging, who, people who are grieving. That we think of others and not just ourselves. Who's on your prayer list? Abraham also held God to his promises. He said, you're not going to do this uh, killing the innocent with the guilty. That would be unthinkable, won't the... The, the judge of the whole world do what is fair? You can't do this, God. It's not like you. You know, you can hold God to his promises too. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sins. God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not counting their sins against them. When the, the Bible says that God cleanses Sins, that means your sins and mine's too, past and present and future. You can hold God to this, his promise. God, you can't punish me anymore because all of my sins have been taken away and the devil may tempt me to think that you're angry with me, that's all gone because Jesus took away all of my sins. Abraham also prayed with humility. It's kind of interesting. He says, Abraham, first time, he says, if I may be so old as to, bold as to ask you, I'm only dust and ashes. Don't be angry if I speak again. If I may be so bold as to ask you, please don't be angry. He prayed with humility. He recognized that he was really not worthy to come into God's presence. Dr. Martin Luther once said, he said, you know why people, a lot of people don't pray? because they don't feel worthy to go into God's presence. It doesn't matter how you feel, you are worthy to go into God's presence because he declared you not guilty of all of your sins. That's what makes you worthy. It's not how you feel, it's the reality that matters. Jesus already took away all of your sins. He made you worthy. Call upon me in the day of trouble, I will deliver you. You are worthy to ask things like that. 
Abraham also prayed with all boldness. If I may be so bold, if I may be so bold. He was unafraid to talk to God. Too bad we can't read the gospel for today, but perhaps you remember Jesus' parable about prayer after he gave the Lord's Prayer. He said, oh, there's a parable about the man that uh, uh, got some unanticipated guests in the middle of the night. It was midnight, and he didn't have any food. So he went next door and knocked on the neighbor's door. He says, give me three loaves of bread. The guy says, I'm in bed. It's midnight. My kids, everything's all locked up. The guy kept a- asking and asking. And the, finally, the guy says, okay. But he was unafraid to ask that, uh, uh, that question because he was his friend. We are unafraid to go to our Lord because Jesus is our friend. Abraham also prayed with persistence. Six times, if you take a look at this, six times he prayed. Lord, if there's only 50 uh, believers there, will you just, no, 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 okay. 45, 40, 30, 20. If there are even just 10 believers there, will you still destroy it? No, I won't. Any of you have kids or uh, grandkids or nieces or nephews? Do you ever have them when they're, they're little and um, you're trying to do something? And maybe they're one-year-old, two-year-old, and they're tugging at your uh, pants leg. Pick me up, pick me up, pick me up. I can't pick you up right now. i got to do something. Pick me up, pick me up. I can't do it right now. Pick me up. Finally, you say, all right, you pick them up because they pestered you so much. God wants you to pester him. Over and over and over again, Abraham kept coming back and back and back. God also answered Abraham's prayer. It's kind of interesting. He didn't answer it in the way that Abraham prayed for it. Abraham wanted God to spare the whole city because of those believers that were there. God destroyed the city. There's fire and brimstone, sulfur. He sent his angels, though, to get the believers out so that they wouldn't be destroyed. Abraham's prayer was answered, but in a different way that he prayed it. Thanks be to God that he answers all of our prayers in his own way, at his own time. He invites us to pray boldly, recognizing that sometimes we're going to pray for the wrong things. But God always answers, ask and seek and knock. Whatever you ask in my name, I will give it to you. In other words, whenever you pray, you can hear God say, it's a done deal. You got it. Thank God that he gives us the Holy Spirit who filters out our prayers before they reach the Father. The Holy Spirit translates our prayers from all the wrong stuff into the right stuff. Uh, Remember remember Joseph, the, the guy in the Bible with the coat of many colors, all his brothers hated him? Finally, he was sold into slavery after he'd been in slavery and in prison for 13 years. Uh, He prayed to the Lord over and over, get me out of here. Get me home. The Lord answered his prayer in a different way. He made him vice president of all of Egypt. St. Augustine, I don't know if any of you recognize that name, one of the church fathers of the 4th century, uh, great theologian. When he was growing up, 
sort of translated in, into the uh, vernacular of today, he was really a gang member, a thief, an unbeliever, sex with all sorts of women. He had a mother by the name of Monica who prayed hard for him. She said, please, God, make him a Christian and help him find a Christian wife. God answered the prayer, but in a different way. Augustine became one of the church fathers, great church fathers, theologian of the fourth uh, century, but he also became a priest and never got married. Maybe you've heard me say it before. I'll say it again because I have to remember this. Fifteen years ago, my wife and I went probably through the worst. They were. They were the worst troubles of our entire life. And we prayed really hard. And if God would have answered our prayers the way that we prayed them, I wouldn't and Peg would not be here today. So sometimes when you pray, God will give you something completely unexpected and a whole lot better than what you ever asked for. And believe you me, and I'll say it again, the last 11 years have been some of the greatest blessings of our lives for Peg and me because we're here. So again, how's your prayer life? No time? Oh, you have time. 16 hours waking time. Not worthy? God made you worthy. Worried about not getting an answer? It's a done deal. You have not because you ask not. St. James says the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. God gives you the power to change things. God enables you to pray because he gives you his faith in Jesus Christ. He gives you his, your mouth, your eyes, your ears, your knees, your legs, so that you can pray and he wants to hear from you. Dr. Martin Luther said, the hardest task for a Christian, the hardest task that he ever had was praying. He had to work at it so hard. So you might say that when it comes to prayer, just do it. Not know where to start? Yes, you do. Portals of prayer right here every day. Wednesday morning, Thursday morning, Sunday morning. Devotion each day. And of course, you know the prayer request in your bulletin. All these people in need pray and God hears and he answers. Pray like Abraham. Just have a nose-to-nose -nose conversation with Jesus. Pray for others. Hold God to his promises. Pray with humility, but with boldness, persistence, and confidence. And then, as St. Paul says in Philippians, the Lord is near. Never worry about anything. But in every situation, let God know what you need in prayers and requests while giving thanks. Then God's peace, which goes beyond anything we can imagine, will guard your thoughts and emotions through Christ Jesus. And God grant it for Jesus' sake. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. Again, I turn your attention to the insert. For our creed, a confession of faith this morning, we will say the third petition, fourth petition, and fifth petition of the Lord's Prayer. The third petition, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
What does this mean? The good and gracious will of God is done even without our prayer. But we pray in this petition that it may be done among us also. How is God's will done? God's will is done when he breaks and hinders every evil plan and purpose of the devil, the world, and our sinful nature, which do not want us to hallow God's name or let his kingdom come. And when he strengthens and keeps us firm in his word and faith until we die, this is his good and gracious will. The fourth petition, give us this day our daily bread. What does this mean? God certainly gives daily bread to everyone without our prayers, even to all evil people. But we pray in this petition that God would lead us to realize this and to receive our daily bread with thanksgiving. What is meant by daily bread? Daily bread includes everything that has to do with the support and needs of the body, such as food, drink, clothing, shoes, house, home, land, animals, money, goods, a devout husband or wife, devout children, devout workers, devout and faithful rulers, good government, good weather, peace, health, self-control, good reputation, good friends, faithful neighbors, and the like. The fifth petition, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. What does this mean? We pray in this petition that our Father in heaven would not look at our sins or deny our prayer because of them. We are neither worthy of the things for which we pray, nor have we deserved them. But we ask that he would give them all to us by grace, for we daily sin much and surely deserve nothing but punishment. So we too will sincerely forgive and gladly to, to those who sin against us. Be seated as we... Take this time to gather our tithes and offerings and our connection cards. <laughs> 